Hello and welcome to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. We're here to take you on the ups, the downs, the twists, the turns, and the excitement that is Premier Rugby Sevens. The sports league taking over the US with some of the best athletes our sport had to offer. I'm Dallas Stafford, former USA Sevens player and current World Rugby commentator. And I'm Robin McDowell, former Canadian Sevens player and current international coach. Together, we'll bring you the latest PR Sevens news. Welcome to your new home for Sevens Rugby. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster, a North American inspired podcast that focuses on the world of sevens. And Jeepers Creepers, we just received news of the rebranded, reimagined World Rugby Sevens series, a massive focus on the entertainment and fan engagement portion of the festival we love so much. The HSBC Sevens will see eight combined stops for the women and men as they head around the globe for the year 2023 2024. It starts in December in Dubai. December 2 and 3 in the United Arab Emirates. Then it's to my hometown, Cape Town, South Africa, on December 9 and 10 for those back-to-back events. In 2024, the series continues with a standalone stop in Perth, Australia, which replaces Sydney. The date's January 26 through the 28th. Then stop 4 and 5, head to us in North America, with Robin hosting us at BC Place in Vancouver in February from 23 to 25, followed by Los Angeles, California, my hometown for our USA event at Digney Health Sports Park from March 2 to 3. Two standalone events in Asia. We'll see Hong Kong, China welcome the world from April 5 to 7. And a month later, Singapore joins the party from May 3 to 5. The new format sees 12 women's and 12 men's teams like the Olympic setup. And the standings after Singapore are absolutely vital. The top eight are safe, but those ranked 9 to 12 will join the top four Challenger Series teams at the final event in Madrid, where a promotion relegation event will be tighter than a facelift. The top eight men's and women's teams will battle it out to see who's crowned champions of the series, while the top four sides in the promotion relegation tournament will stay on the series for the following season. Robin, so many big hits are taken ahead of the new HSBC series. Almost as action-packed and as stressful as the previous sevens for the coaches. Higher stakes, higher rewards, and uh, it's interesting to see a few standalone tournaments down ahead of the Olympic Games. It's going to be a massive year for World Rugby, both in obviously the upcoming Men's World Cup, and you got uh, the World Series, and then f- culminating with the Olympics a year from now in Paris. But I know as a player, when I, I first went to the, the Commonwealth Games, which is our, our biggest pinnacle standalone event at the time, obviously multi-sport, it was, it was weird for us. I mean, it wasn't like enough to affect your results or whatever, but it was, it was weird that it was, it was our, at the time the only standalone tournament. And I think maybe a couple of these standalone tournaments might, might potentially up the quality. I don't know, but uh, it definitely messes with the messes with the psyche as, as far as it being different and, and, and performance people's, I, I won't say people hold back from week one to week two, but maybe they'll be a bit fresher. What are your thoughts on, uh, on the standalones? Yeah, it's tr- It's interesting because half of them will be standalones and the other half will be back to back. And so that'll be interesting to see how teams manage it. So I think they've done a good job in terms of managing that. So at least that if you have a lot of teams were very good at the second round. I know when I played for the USA, we were pretty tired and banged up at the first events because our training was quite brutal under our coach, Al Caravelli. But then the second tournament, we would do a lot better, the back-to-back events. So you're right. Balancing that is going to be pretty interesting and pretty fascinating. I think for me also, some of the stops are important too. You know, unfortunately, some cities and countries have lost events. So there's no London, no France, no New Zealand. That's, you know, where I made my debut. I think you may may have made your debut there as well. So that's kind of interesting, but I do love the fan engagement uh, proportion they're focusing on, which, by the way, is exactly what Premier Rugby Sevens is doing. So making a shorter block, more entertainment, fan festival, a music thing in the middle, five hours of fun. So I think they're on the right track, World Rugby, and it's pretty cool to see that, you know, PR7s was leading the way there as well. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, 
it's a long day in this. It's a long day for the staff at a sevens tournament and, and the players, most importantly, but also the fans. Those that get in early, like the true true goers, sometimes eight thirty in the morning, and they're day, there to eight thirty at night, and some days two time and three day events. I mean, they put in ship. Sometimes they they deserve medals in the stands as well. But uh, but yeah, so I think they're trying to compact it, keep the quality high, keep the experience quick and short. That way, uh, that way they don't lose those fans. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's switch our attention now to the PR7s. We just witnessed another blockbuster event, the Western Conference Finals at PayPal Park in the Bay Area. You were there coaching the Loonies women's side. Uh, but let's first talk about outside of the actual rugby on-field action, what was your impression and, and uh, uh, thoughts on stop three of the 2023 season? Yeah, well, I've got to say the atmosphere in San Jose was, was as intense uh, on the field as it was in Minnesota. The Golden State crowd was really behind the retrievers. There was such a strong support at the California Western Finals this past weekend. With the high stakes and so many family, friends, and fans in the stadium, the place was in full song from the, from the word go. Yeah, I love that. That is so great. And that's such an important part, equally to the action on the field. Um, so let's talk about the action now. Who's honestly tighter than what we've ever seen again? We'll start with the men's round, okay? So the men's semifinals, an absolute cliffhanger. One point the difference in the first game, two points in the second. The experts beat the Loonies 15-14, and then the Rhinos ex-loggerheads beat the Retrievers 17-15. Get out of town. Players and impressed. I love Marcus Tupuolo and Talatalapusi in those fixtures. But again, super tight. And then they went into the third game, another thriller for the third place. Dan Norton slicing and dicing the Prince of Sevens, winning it for the Loonies 24-21 against the Golden State Retrievers. That was for third place. That means the final contested by an inspired Rhinos ex-loggerhead side with Franco Dupree, Yoani Temba, the Fijian flying Derek Adams on fire for the Rocky Mountain experts, Simiwala, Naima Fualalao, Madison Hughes, of course, but very close for them. They weren't able to get over the line. A fairy tale finish in the West as the fourth-seeded Rhinos ex-loggerheads win the tournament and also secure their place in D.C. alongside the experts at the top two in that region. It had everything you could ask for, Robs. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it was super intense, both in the semifinal and the final, watching all those games back and forth the whole way with so many weapons that you just listed down. At any moment, with, with just a crack in the door, anybody can bust you and score. Um, in the end, I was I was happy for uh, Frankie Horn and his boys uh, to go well. Frankie's been obviously putting in a lot of work, and, uh, and, and with all the weapons at his disposal, he was able to, to join me in D.C., yeah, that's so great. And again, I love the concept that the fourth rank side has enough, could have enough points if they do well enough at that second tournament. You know, so that brings us to the women's side. The narrow margins continued. Uh, I want you to talk through this, but let's first go through the result for everyone to understand. The Loonies, your side, just taken out the Rhinos ex loggerheads nineteen fourteen in the semifinals. The experts, the fourth rank side, beating the Retrievers ten points to seven in the semifinals. A remarkable victory, which then took us to the third place game. The Retrievers bouncing back. Are they beating the Rhinos ex-loghead 17-7 in the third place? And then the Western Conference final, a shootout between the experts and your loonies, a lung-busting finish. The experts claim it 14 points to 10 to take the title and also book their spot alongside your northern loonies to DC. Again, it had it all. Yeah, going back to that semifinal, uh, we played first and uh, and I was able to watch the experts go, uh, go against the Retrievers there and sitting in the stands... There was three. There was three times where the retrievers in the first half down were inside the experts' twenty-two, three forward passes, and and they might have got away with it if they weren't directly passing it on the twenty-two because of that perfect line for the referee. But it was it was theirs for the it was theirs for the taking. 
Uh, they also had a sin bin and uh, and also a red card. And so, you know, at the end they were they were they were they were up seven six as far as players go. It was you know gutted for Griff at home, but uh, well done to Irene and her girls going from again fourth place to, to first place. And uh, you know when they sub when Irene subbed Amanda Berger on uh, in the last minute of the game, I was like, oh boy. If there's one person I don't want back on the field, it's that that girl. But she's been there. She's original PR sevens uh, athlete. Uh, nobody works harder, and I was happy to see see her smile in the end. And uh, for our players, Dallin, to be honest, uh, it was it, it was great for us. Uh, we welcomed six new players, uh, so I was really happy with with how they kind of went throughout the week, and then obviously performed on the weekend. A couple couple old names back in the team, but uh, most importantly, you know, if you if you win every game. It can be, uh, it can seduce you into thinking you have it figured out, and we definitely don't have it figured out. So it's it's going to be a good, uh, a good step back and preparation over the next few weeks. Yeah, I would imagine, no, but that's the thing. The games are so tight. Now let's talk about some of the players that impressed you, and of course, who made the dream team in the women's competition. For me, it was so great to see Chiharu Nakamura from Japan. For me, she's one of the best players in the world. Never someone you want to coach against, Dallin. And then uh, my wife's favorite player, Riapi Alalusau from from Fiji in the first stop, she said, is, is, uh, Alalusau playing? I said, no, she's not. And then when I saw her on the roster week two, she said, you're in trouble. And, and she scored two against us. Uh, the Canadian Spencer Bolt, Kaylin Tumu Cook from New Zealand. Uh, I was kind of eyeing her up over the week. What does that girl have? Didn't get a coach against her, didn't get a play against her, but man, when she got the ball, she was, she looked like Quade Cooper, even though she's a New Zealander. And then the Canadian legend, Caroline Crossley, was all over the field too, aerial aerial success. And then uh, all-time Saskatchewan's Carissa Norston uh, at 19 years old here, probably the last time I'll get a coach at Allen. She's, she's outgrown me, but uh, she was all over the field too. And then, and one of the, one of the most exciting players in the world and one of the best personalities who we'll have on this pod is uh, Rafaela Zanella Lato from Brazil, the Olympian. So she was, she's, I think, been probably one of the most exciting and most consistent players of this season. Yeah, so many good stars and great performers indeed. And again, I say I'm a big fan of the high-stakes drama that PR7s has created using the best bits we've seen on the 7 Series. The fact that different competition points are awarded for different tournaments, calculated exactly so that a fourth-ranked team could still qualify for the championship at DC is genius. So let's chat what's next. There's no rest for the PR7 staff as we head to Pittsburgh this coming weekend. I'll be back in the broadcast booth. Last time, teaming up with the legend Ruby Tui. So I hope she's back to cause some major laughs in Pennsylvania. We'll be on CBS Sports Network and then the PR7's YouTube. And for those outside of the U.S. and Canada, PR7's Facebook page will have all the matches. The action sees four women's teams, four men's teams doing battle at Highmark Stadium on July 23 for the Eastern Conference Finals. Get your tickets at PR7s.com. And with two teams in each division advancing to D.C., it is going to be again as tight as someone's skinny jeans. So prediction time, Robs. We've got the men's semifinals first. The Southern Headliners take on the New York Locals. And then the Texas team who won it last time take on the Pittsburgh Steel Toes. Your thoughts on those two matchups? <laughs> I mean, sometimes I think no, I know something about sevens, but it's it's going to be a barn burner. But uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think our good friend Tim might have something up his sleeve uh, when he plays New York. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back the headliners in that game. And then the Texas team and Steel Toes. Texas team has been on form, so I'm going to go with Texas team. But uh, Pittsburgh finished strong uh, in the last one, and they're playing at home. So that's going to be a tough one. And then uh, and then on the women's side, uh, I'll let you touch on that. But that's uh, 
that also is going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. There's, I think on both sides down, there's going to be a lot of new players in and out, similar to the West. Yeah, I think that is important to note. There's some new players coming through. For the men's side, I do want to comment saying the Pittsburgh Stiltos with Ben Pinkelman were outstanding. He's in the USA 7 setup as well. So there could be an upset on that side of the portion. So the women's, as you mentioned, the New York locals take on the Texas team. And then the Pittsburgh Steeltoes take on the Southern Headliners, who just produced a lot of champagne rugby last time. Um, how do you see these two going? Yeah, I, you know, Walker obviously lost in the final with the locals. And I, you know, she, she got a chance to train with us this week. It was nice to see her on form. I just said to Richie Walker yesterday, I don't see Walker losing twice. First run out with the girls, but uh, she doesn't like to lose and she's world-class. So likely going to go through to the final here. And then in the, uh, in the other, the other side, I would say it's, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a barn burner, but uh, cause Cal Juvie, she had those steel toe girls just really humming in that, in that, that bronze medal game. And she just performed well with, uh, with the Canadian girls at the pack four. So she'll be coming in hot. But uh, likely a headliner's local final um, is my prediction. How about you? Yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be super tight again. It, it's so tough to call. You know, that's the, that's the trouble with these games. Um, but I do like the headliners after seeing them in action last time. Again, anyone's game. But let's switch across now. We'll look at the United Championship as it stands. Of course, you've had two tournaments in the West, but only one in the East. So we have the experts that lead the United Championship on total points. So these are points from the men's and women's teams, how they finished. They have 44 competition points. Your loonies? 32, Logheads 25, and Retrievers 19. Very interesting uh, to see how these play out. Yeah, got to see our Looney's men uh, finishing bronze again, but uh, I got to say they were super supportive through the whole way. I love the United United Championship because it really brought, you know, like just specifically to our uh, our franchise, it really brought us closer. We supported them a lot more this year and they supported us, so that was great. I, I think, you know, it's great for the league. It's, it's, it's great for the equality, but also it's really helping the franchises, all the franchises come closer together, uh, both on and off the field and supporting each other, so that makes it super special. And uh, yeah, again, uh, until the Eastern Conference wraps up this weekend, it'd be tough to see who finishes on top. But uh, just one note with uh, with the headliners head coach, Andrew Locke. Yeah, I told him my goal this this summer was to go to the finals because my favorite coffee shop in the world, Tate's Latte, is across the road from our hotel. Uh, so I sent him a picture a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, I got a message after we won our first game, and I just showed up on my watch, and it just says, Tate's secured. See you in D.C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great banter between the coaches. It's brilliant. Oh, I love it. Um, all right, Rob. So I want to thank all our listeners and viewers for their brilliant support. The Glorious Gamers 7 share so much passion. We love hearing from you, especially the reshares, the likes, the comments. Today's episode includes two standout players from the Western Conference, both in the Dream Teams, Brazilian Olympian and flyer, Rafaela Zanelato, and South African playmaker, the legend, Branco Dupria, both so humble and both stars on the sevens field. Yeah, again, it's so great to have, have, these, have these athletes playing in the Premier Sevens. Branco brings so much to the... Uh, so much to the men's side and, and Rafaela Zanelato, she carved us up uh, in the first stop. And, and like I said earlier, she's probably the most consistent player this year, most exciting player. And, and wherever, whenever she's in the hotel room or in the stadium, she literally just lights up the room and brings that, brings that energy, brings that globalism. And uh, she's just so great. Well, awesome. The Premier Rugby Sevens continues this weekend. Get your tickets for Pittsburgh. Support this amazing sport, which brings together so many brilliant cultures and people from around the world. PR7s.com, your new home for sevens. Schedule, social links, everything you need. Catch up on the previous events, tournaments, and matches. Massive thanks to hydration partner Good Sport, apparel partner Samurai, and the superb staff at the PR7s. It's time now for episode eight of the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. It's Branko Dupreya and Rafaela Zanalatu. We hope you enjoy you sleek sensations. 
We're now joined by the most capped South African sevens player of all time, winner of the HSBC World Rugby Seven Series on three occasions, Olympian and San Jose PR sevens winner, Franco de Prea. How's it, Jens? Good to be here. And yeah, let's have a good chat. <laughs> oh, it's so lucky to have you on here. Bye, Ducky, for your time. Now, I want to start. You just flew to America last week. For those of us that know how far South Africa is, the jet lag is fierce. But then you featured for the Rhinos ex SoCal Loggerheads winning the Western Conference Finals in San Jose. It must have been such a cool experience, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the hardest part was to, just to get over the jet lag. Uh, I still felt like before the tournament started, I was like, uh, I'm out of this because the jet lag is not gone. But yeah, what a great experience. Uh, I mean, playing for the Rhinos uh, Loggerheads. Um, Man, it's been a while uh, since I played the game and just to get into it again. And yeah, I'm so grateful for this opportunity that uh, Frankie gave me and even the Rhinos giving me to just be part of this. So yeah, very grateful. Yeah, because I remember commentating some of your last games and that sort of thing. And it was a while ago, but your legs still carry you through, my friend. That's it, <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like once you, once you get started, you... You forget about that. And then once you're done, it's like, ah, that is still there, you know? But yeah, what a great feeling, man. Well, first of all, <laughs> congratulations on a big win on the weekend. And uh, what was it like teaming up with your old Blitz, Blitzbach friend, Frankie Horn? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it was a great uh, great experience. And just to work with him again, uh, where he's the coach and I'm the player this time around. And we're not teammates. <laughs> Because uh, he's known as a workhorse and, you know, his style of coaching is more about grinding, grinding and putting the work. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't get the result, it's that's about it. Uh, at least, you know, you put in the work. But, yeah, great to be teaming up with him again. And, yeah, he's a phenomenal coach. He knows exactly how the games work. And, yeah, whatever he puts in, uh, we just try to uh, put out on the field. I bet he also wanted to maybe get his boots back on. The fact that you were there playing, you know, maybe he was itching. Uh, maybe, but at the end of the day, you know, the lower back is not going to last for very long, you know. I, I, I told him, it's like, just give me two minutes. Then we can go again. Then you can just go back to the bench again. <laughs> and he's uh, like, no, please. Uh, that's great. Robin and myself uh, often want to want to get our cleats out and get back on the field. But I want to talk to you a bit about the PR7s. What an amazing competition. What an amazing tournament. The fact that you had the King of Sevens there as well, was Sally Sarevi, uh, teammates alongside of yours, Matila Yuta from USA, Yuani Temba from Fiji, Jack Rampton from Jamaica. You're against legends. Dan Norton there, for example. How cool was it for you? You obviously played with and against these players in the series, but here you are a domestic competition in the US playing against and with. Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, I mean, we had so a balanced team uh, with all the big names in the, in, in the team. And I mean, like, it just makes life much more easier for you as a, as a player. And especially for the younger guys, it's like uh, when the older guys are just like start leading the team, you know, and then it just gets much easier for everybody to just follow on or like get on board and just uh, ride the train, you know. But yeah, to play against like legends like Dan Norton, yeah, he's... He's just, he's just that phenomenal guy that's every opportunity you give him, he's going to tear it up. So, yeah, he, had, he also had like a, a solid run this weekend. So, yeah, looking forward to what's next for us. Um, yeah, but I think we, we're going to regroup now, uh, just get the heads together, get the bodies uh, to full uh, competition mode again. <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to what's ahead for us. 
We always knew the PR7's Western Conference Finals would be super tight. But what's the difference between winning and losing? It seems to be one score in almost every game. And in the semifinals, tell us a bit about that first matchup against the Golden State Retrievers. Yeah, like you said, uh, all the games were like really close. But yeah, I think the mindset for us was to go into the game and just like hit around the ground running. I think we started off well. But then we lost a bit of uh, composure in the game. Um, we got a bit over eager, and I think that's that's one of the big things that uh, can throw um, big teams off, especially when you get over eager and you just want to do everything quick, fast. Um, but yeah, uh, that's why I said uh, it's good to have like great leaders in the team just to take control and slow the game down when it needs to be slowed down. And yeah. I think where we slipped up a bit was uh, in our defense and because the pitch was a bit slippery. But yeah, we spoke about it. It's like, just come closer. Uh, let's give him the outside and then we can we can work towards that. But yeah, there was like some opportunities where we still slipped up, uh, where the defense was a bit wide. We were uh, closing closing the width of the, of the, of the pitch instead of just uh, great spacing. But yeah, uh, this is a small thing. So uh, we're going to work on in uh, trying to get better. Yeah, those high stakes, high drama, because this is the great thing about the competition. You go straight into the knockout and you win that nail by the 17-15 against the home side, the Retrievers. So you set up a thrilling final against the Rocky Mountain experts, the most consistent PR7s we have seen in the men's competition in the last two years. So give our audience, uh, Branko, a bit of insight into the, how that final was contested and, and how and why you think you won it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, was a, it was a really physical final. Um, I think... With mine going into the the final, it was like for us, retain the ball, uh, keep the ball, keep the ball, and then put some points on the board because we know they were much bigger than us. They were a really big team with physical players as well. And for us, it was just to keep a ball, uh, retain a ball from kickoffs. We had the guys that can compete for it. And uh, once we got the ball, we could spread it out wide. I think we still had like a few moments that we were just like, didn't know what to do with the ball uh, because it was just like throwing it around like five meters and then we take it into contact. And I think that that made us a bit tired, you know. And then after that, uh, when we started uh, throwing the ball a bit wider, the opportunities were out there. I think where we scored our first try was of a scrum just because the, the I think the winger came a bit closer because uh, we had a, a really uh, Teba at, at center running a hard line there. So they thought I'm going to give it to him and then the space was on the outside. So, yeah, it's like this, the smaller details of the game was, <laughs> I think we managed it much better than the semifinals, I think, um, in terms of knowing where to eat, uh, when to make contact. And, yeah, we, had, we also had the, the big boys that can uh, fight that, that, that big fight if they need to be a big fight. And, yeah, we just need to, we needed to get the ball wide and, for, for our speeches to get into the corners. Yeah, remarkable finish. 15-12, the score, so tight. Um, but what, what is crazy about the game of sevens, of course, is you need both bodies, as you said. You need the fast, elusive players, but you need the big yeah. heavies up front to do the hard work. Without the balance, uh, you don't have it. And what's hard with this tournament is that really is your second game and you, you're done for the whole tournament. Of course, you did enough yeah. to get to that final, which is great. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure how it works. So once I got there, I wasn't sure how it works. And then they're like, yeah, you only play two games. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that was funny. But yeah, really great experience. Though. 
Yeah, obviously coaching the, the women, it's been, we won the, the first stop in uh, Minnesota a few weeks ago, and I felt completely uneasy, anxious, stressed as a coach. It's like more of a drawn out tournament than it is two stops, if that makes sense. So everybody, we won, and like, how do you feel on Dallin? Obviously, was was all over me, and I'm like, I don't. I won't feel good till till uh, till the end of San Jose, but uh, you know, I was really proud of of Frankie and, and your boys, and also on the women's side, down with the experts. Women, they were fourth place as well going in. So both fourth place teams had an upset in that first in that first semifinal clash and got it done. And in terms of overall competition points, your Rhino uh, South Cal Loggerheads came into this, you know, obviously with just one point, meaning you had to make that final. So. You know, pushing through to to DC. What's on your minds the whole time while you're playing, and and were you just focused on what was in front of you, game by game, minute by minute? Yeah, I think we we spoke about it uh, of qualifiers and where we at on the lock. But I think the main focus was for us to find each other as a team to put in the hard work on the field because we know it's not going to be easy, you know. But I think the the boys pulled together really nicely. The build up towards the the tournament was really good as well. We get to know each other a, a bit a bit better, uh, and I think that's that's the that's the main thing about this game. It's like get to know your players and know exactly their weaknesses, the the strong points as well. And I think that's that's the one thing that we did better, if I can say it like that, in terms of getting to know your players and know exactly. Which guy can do what things on the on the on the field and yeah, I think that that was probably the the best thing for me coming here, not knowing who's gonna be my team or who I'm gonna be teammates with, but to get to know these guys, uh, it, it's phenomenal and just to see the hard work they put in to make a success of this, yeah. But like you said, it's 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 still not the end. We still there's still a lot of hard work that needs to be done, but yeah. Uh, I think we're starting on Wednesday again, and then it's back to the grinding again and just make sure all of us are on the same page. Yeah, we can't wait for DC. It's going to be so great to see which teams come through as well from the Eastern side. But I want to ask you about your remarkable seventh career for South Africa, the Blitzbox, representing them for more than a decade. I've had the honor of commentating a handful of your events over the years, and one of the things I really love is that you're smaller size, but you absolutely smoke people on, on defense. You're up on the last line of D and put in the biggest hits. So if you look back in your career, are there a few moments that stand out as some of your favorite? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's been a phenomenal roller coaster as well for me. Um, I, starting back in 2010, just a young boy not knowing where to, where, where to go next, you know, and then got the hold of it. And then I think 2008, 1819 that season was probably the best season that I ever had after losing out on making the Rio Olympics team. Um, yeah, that was that was kind of a setback for me, but you know, it's the it's a game. Uh, you need to move on, and yeah, I learned some some hard lessons as well as a player, as a, a human being, and also just some phenomenal achievements that I had. I remember the tournament in in LA where I think I only got like one second. There was like one second less than the clock. And it's like, Coach Neil Paul is like, okay, you on? I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm on. And then <laughs> we, had a, we had a chat about it. And he's like, how do you feel? It's like, I was like, I was so in my own world, you know, not focusing on what's happening on the field actually at that time. And then went on, I had to make the kickoff. 
uh, put it on the money and then things just happen after that. I don't know if it's if I'm still dreaming or what, but every time I think about it, it's, I'm trying to figure out like what happened, what happened. But yeah, that's that's also one of one of my my big memories that I will never forget. It's like it's also a lesson for me as well. Like you don't get you don't have to play all the games, you know, when you get your opportunity, uh, it's what you make of it. And there was, there was another opportunity for me to uh, go into the field and <laughs> do what I can, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it was phenomenal. And then, yeah, some, as you know, Vegas was one of my best uh, tournaments or best tops. Uh, I love Vegas just because the field was a bit smaller. So me as a sweeper don't have to work that out. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's been a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal career in in the in the green and gold jersey, and I just want to say thank you to everybody that supported me, man. Um, that yeah, through ups and downs, uh, my family always been supportive, and just the people out there that always believed in me, and like sometimes you fall into a dub like. Can I still do it? Can I still do it? Um, am I too slow now? And all those things, they just flew through your mind. And with all the support, I, I, I can still say that I'll be able to to do whatever I can, you know? Uh, yeah, just that I need to believe it. And yeah, and yeah, yet again, I got an opportunity to play in the PR service, man. This is phenomenal. I mean, I've been out of the game for, I think, three I ended last year, yeah, and then I played some 15s in the Czech Republic. Nothing like this. I promise you, nothing <laughs> like this. <laughs> nothing like this. Um, but yeah, another great opportunity for me, and I love it. I love it. Well, I obviously loved watching you light up the world for over a decade, but uh, I love your comment about, you, you know, one thing I challenge with, whether I'm working with kids or, or adults, especially with new players. If you, know, if you play 14 minutes, you play the whole tournament, or you play one second. And we had a 20-year-old in our, in our Looney's women's squad that I found playing in the fall, and she's considered a 15s player. But for me, she tackles everything, and she's a honey badger with the ball. So I, I, I spoke with her throughout you know, the whole winter leading up to the season. We brought her in for the second round. She knew her job, focused on it, and the the uh, South Cal Loggerheads obviously had three unbelievable Fijians in the middle of the field that were dancing around us all game, and the game was on the line. So I subbed her on in, in the last minute, and I pulled her over, and I said, how are you? She goes, I'm ready. I said, why, why, did, why did I bring you here? She says, to smash people and get you the ball. I said, okay, that's all I need you to do. And uh, she came out of the field. And the Fijians started to dance in the middle of the field, saw them in half, they knocked it on, and she just looked over at me and smiled, and that was it, game over. So uh, pretty phenomenal twenty, you know, as a 20-year-old to, to get that opportunity. But like you say, whether you're out there for one second, you're out there for the whole game, uh, you just have to do your job and, and take what you have. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, there's not a lot of people that get this opportunity to play on the, on the highest level of the game. And... If you get an opportunity, just make the best of it, you know. It's like you said, one second, seven minutes, 14 minutes. If you go out and you give it your all, you can be proud of yourself, man. And you can be proud of the team that, that, that's got your back. And like you said about the the young lady, she know what was uh, what her job was. It's to smash people on the field and get that ball back. And that's exactly what we want as playmakers and the, the guys that can dance. We get the ball back and then we punish the other team. So that's it, man.
And Branka, I wanted to touch on the playmakers. Uh, so uh, watching you and Cecil, Cecil Africa over the years, obviously a delight, especially when you're on the field together. The two top point scorers ever for all time for the Blitzbox. So if you look back at your teammates, players you've shared the field with over the years, could you select some of a few, a handful that you've really enjoyed playing with? Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Cecil, Cecil Africa, um, I would love to play with Sanatla again, Werner Koch, Kwaka Smith, Cheslin Colby, even Justin Adult, although he's, he's, he's been struggling with some injuries, but he's still on top form. Um, even the coach now, Philip Stayman, <laughs> he was a workhorse, Carl Brown, even the Frankie on, just to mess up a rock, a rock situation and get us the ball back. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players that I still want to just eat the field with and just make some great memories, man. But yeah, like you said, with Cecil Africa, so people were, were asking me, like, how do you guys get it right? Just when one of you do something, the other one is just there to support. I was like, we don't train it. It just happens. It's like we have this chemistry, like when things happen, it just happens. So... <sighs> Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say this, but like every time when we had like a one-on-one -on -one with the coach and he would like say, if you and Cecil are on form, the, the team will be good. So yeah, that's 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 the small things that, that still pushes me every day to work out and uh, reach every goal that I set out for me um, as a person and as a rugby player as well. So yeah. Well, you're beautiful to watch. And I don't know how you defend that. So I'm glad we were retired when these guys played. But uh, over the years... The other way, which opponents would you rate as some of the best you ever faced on the World Series? Like team-wise <laughs> or like individual players? <laughs> Both. Both. Um, over the years, Argentina has became a real threat to the whole whole circuit. Um, the New Zealand boys, they just unbelievable. And even the... The USA boys as well, uh, once they got the hold of it, of the game, they were just smashing things. Like every time you go into a game, a different game, like especially a Fiji game, it's like your mindset has to change like a whole lot. It's not just like a game out there. It's like you need to kill the ball because otherwise you're going to defend for 14 minutes and they're just phenomenal boys that can throw the ball around. And I mean, there's a lot of teams that on the circuit and like individual players like a Norton, if you give him space, he's going to punish you. Perry Baker, those guys are just fast. Once they got through the line, me as sweepers, like, there's no way I'm going to stop these boys because they're too fast, man. But yeah, it's like every, every guy is there. Uh, ability to bring something else to the game and for those boys they just fast and they they really understand the game and they understand where the space is on the on the field so my heads up heads off the heads off to to them um yeah and some of them are still keep going on the on the circuit so yeah well all the best to them as well and yeah, I know everybody's back in in camp working hard because the season's almost on its way again. So, yeah, looking forward to watching the boys again. Well, Branko, it's been a delight to see you back on the field, of course. Uh, we'll see you next in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., as Artie Field hosts the 2023 PR7's Championship on August 6th. Thanks so much for joining us on the roller coaster, my Quackerburger. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks for chatting, and have a good one. You sleek sensation, you. Bye, donkey. Don't sense.
Plasir. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's superb to have Dream Team player from this past weekend in San Jose representing the Golden State Retrievers, Brazilian international and Olympian, Rafaela Zanalatu. Firstly, thanks so much for joining us on the roller coaster. Really, guys, appreciate it for this moment. I think it's a big moment to the um, some peoples and Brazilians because it's a very important this opportunity to play in other countries and this things. And I'm very, very happy and think I appreciate it for this opportunity to say something and speak with the with you guys. I'm very, very excited for this moment. <laughs> Well, we love having you on. You were back-to-back Dream Team Awards as well for yourself. So tell us what's it been like playing in America and playing in the Premier Rugby Sevens? It's very amazing because I think the first time I'm very, very nervous when I come here and say, I don't know what happened. I don't know how you're feeling when I play with other players because six years I just played with the same girls and it's really my first time. And it's very easy and because my team, I think, not my team, but I think the other girls and the, all the people in the, in the Bay Sevens do this, do this the best in the world. Do this moment very good. Don't have pressure on me, don't have nothing. The other girls say, just play your rugby. If you do some mistakes, don't worry. If you uh, want to tackle, if you want to pass, if you just want to carry, just carry, don't worry. Everyone just going with you and i'm very i'm very happy and for me it's very easy and um, my coach is very good and the other coaches too i have other brazilians other teams and have in the middle of the, um, the tournament have some conversation with with me and mari bianca and have this conversation say yeah what am i feeling everyone man it's so nice everyone is good and i don't know it's it's good this this feeling is like it's easy to play here and easy to just stay with, with these people here. I'm very, very proud about everything here. <laughs> well, I was talking with a number of the coaches and PR staff after the competition this week on Saturday, and, and your name came up a lot as one of the top performers. And congratulations, as Dallin said, the dream team back-to-back. That's a huge deal. And uh, you're representing your country and, uh, and your sport and your team and your family so, so well on, on this stage in North America. So congratulations. Thank you. appreciate so much. And uh, for you, what is it like traveling around, spending the summer in the U.S., checking out all the cool cities and uh, getting amongst it with other global stars? Man, here in the U.S., it's amazing. I think I passed a long time in San Clemente and I visit a lot of places there. But um, I think for me, the best part, this travel, I think, is when I, I pass a long time with the other cuters in in rugby and without rugby. It's just because it's very different, everything, uh, the relations, the hugs. Uh, when I say good morning for someone in Brazil, you hug and kiss and here you just, hi, good morning. <laughs> it's very different. And... Uh, I love this part to scooter and I love this part to visit these places and, and have, I, I love the, the 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 part of the I pass in Rhinos because in the middle of the Minnesota in San Jose I pass a big part in Rhinos the the the, um, the other girls do this part to pick up and ah, what do you want to visit at some some part of the the city let's go and after come training training and pass some 
some learns for the girls. I learning all my life. I pass and teach all the girls. And I this have the both because the girls say the same thing. Everyone learns something in rhinos or in other country and pass for me. And I love, 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 love. That is so great to hear. And and that's the great thing about us is, you know, Robin's obviously coaching. I'm one of the broadcasters. To see all of you players that we know from the Sevens World Series and international tournaments come together and play under the same roof here. Uh, so what has the level been like for you playing, you know, for the Golden State Retrievers? You obviously have Ruby Tui alongside you, other good players, but you've gone against some very stiff competition in the last two tournaments. Yeah, of course. You can see the, the experience of these girls and it's very... It's very easy to play because the girl have a big com communication uh, and know what happened. If you do um, one run, everyone uh, help with the confidence to run for your carry. Or if you just need to do one tackle, the everyone every time I listen, Ruby, Megan Force, and I think the more, more experienced girls you see these girls never stop to talk in the middle of the game. And um, when you, I don't know, when you travel and play with the World Series, you see like the same. Everyone in other 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 teams talk a lot, speak a lot, all the game, and everyone just uh, pass all, all communication. When you see one team don't have communication, you see this, have a, this is a problem. And uh, when I come here, I see the this this part of some big big experienced girls, and I see I, I have my part to pass because I'm I have the experience too, and I have the, this big experience to pass for for some girls. Um, I remember one girl played with me, the Seneca. Uh, every time she comes, say, "You know what happened? What happened?" Say, "No, okay, now open the ball. Your your time. Let's go and say, oh, okay, let's go and." Uh, it's good because I can pass my, my communication. I after the game, I have some girls say, "Ah, what do you see in this time?" And say, "Ah, I think this space is better to attack or someone." Just yeah, I, I guess of course. And it's good to pass my experience for the girls, and the girls like to receive too. Yeah, I, that's so great. You know, now I want to touch on you were finalists at the first tournament at the the Western final recently, going down tightly in the semifinal affair, ten seven against the <laughs> experts who end up winning it. It, the reason why we call this the roller coaster sevens is because every game is like that, up and down. Then you finished off the tournament, you beat the Rhinos X Loghead 17 7. I mean, what was going through your mind? Because obviously, you know, you had to make those top two spots to get through to DC. It wasn't to be, you know, it was very close. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I think the sevens is amazing because sometimes you lose, sometimes you win. Seven is like this. You need to put your heart on the game and. In, you need to have a big um, big connection with your team. If you have some parts of the team no have a same connection, I think the result like um, the result like you win or loss depend of your what you're feeling in the game. And I think it's, it's very nice. I think in the first in the first tournament. Um, the level it's very very nice you see the level you see all have a lot of team if you see the final well when i when i watch the final say wow it's amazing this level if you see is like the first game we have a, a big level because in the last minute everyone tackle keep keep back and the the, the loonies just carry the ball every time and 
it's amazing. I, I love, love, love the final of the, um, the Minnesota. I watch, I think, a couple times this, this final. But um, I think in, um, in San Jose, all the teams have new girls and uh, have a, a small time to create this big connection. And uh, I think have some have some players have a, a good a good uh put your, your your best best game but uh the connection of the games i think is not is not like the same level for the minnesota and um but I, when you when you see the all the games you say man it's amazing because if you compare in the other year for this year you see the next level for the pay sevens and uh, I love to 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 wait in participation of these things and stay here and uh, and play play with these girls and uh, just, just I sorry. Um, oh, that's great. I mean, yeah, Rafaela, like uh, year year one to year two to year three, like uh, and as you know, I I was on the road as I mentioned, like all year basically since last year trying to find the athletes and you know i would say there's probably 90 girls that didn't make our team that i would would have picked last year or would have picked the year before um the standard's so high and in the west it's been so tight like so tight there was a couple blowouts in the eastern conference and i think there'll be some changes going into this weekend um so yeah the standard's very high and with you know, just you know, the in in Minnesota we had a week on the ground, Alan, and and in San Jose we had two sessions. So, you know, I, I said to some of our athletes that were you know heartbroken or or you know gutted with the performance. I'm like, you you women played out of your boots, and I even said to some of the other men's players and stuff too. You know, in in two sessions, a day and a half of prep, you know, the standard it was in, in, insanely high, uh, which is super special. Um, now let's just move on to your team's focus of retrievers. How did you enjoy playing for coach Griffin? And what was your team's focus from the first stop to the second stop? I think it's amazing to have a other coach because he, you, you see when you, when you have one coach for a long time, you just um, have a comfortable when, when you, when, we, when your coach just, um, say something for you because you have a good communication or connection with your coach because you created this in a long time and when i come to the to the first time to the grief and um the baker another my another coach the assistant coach this too uh i think it's very different personalities and perfect because the the first the, the kelly is more she have a more communication with the, your feelings or something in baker no baker is more to say the truth. If you do some mistakes, say no, it's not good. If you do this very well, she come say, okay, very good, done, good, next. And I like to, I like this two type of this personalities because I love because my first coach is like the very similar to Baker, very say the truth and say the say everything. And my 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 coach now the Brazil, the William Broderick, it's like very similar the the Kelly Griff because try to understand more your feelings and try to understand more um what are you feelings in why why you play and you, what are your superpower and put this two together and uh, at creating a best 
place you can do your best rugby. And um, I'm feeling very, very good. I'm very excited to, I don't know, have a, another moment with, with this coach. I don't know what time it is, but uh, if I have the, this <laughs> this time, I'm, I'm very happy to do this again. And I think with, with, with the retrievers, I think the retrievers for this tournament just think about step by step. One game is the first game is the more more, more important uh, because you you need to win the first game to pass to the final, and um, I think okay have have some stakes in the middle of the game, and but I think the, the all the team try to fight in the, all the game, and when you see in the end of the game everyone is very tired because try to put your heart in in the all the game, but yeah sevens. Sometimes you lose, sometimes you win. It's like this. And I think for lost the first game and okay, have a, a conversation. Everyone say, have one more, let's go for parading. And uh, the team, everyone uh, is very exciting to play the next the next game and put the next level because they want to not have the, the the best level and say, yeah, have one more, more, more game and let's try again. And I think for the last, the last last game for the this decision is very good and everyone can put your your best rugby in the field yeah that's so well said this global game gives us so much you know and you connect with people from all over so i wanted to ask you because every country is different how a player gets seen how you got identified for playing for your country for brazil how did you progress to the national team to represent uh, your country in sevens i uh, it's, it's very good i i love because um I have a, a good preparation in my club to enter on the national team. And when I enter national team, I think I just put my body and my mind in the same page because when, when you enter on the, on the high level and the, the high performance, you don't understand uh, you need to um, stop to do some things you do every day. When you, when you have your, have your, your normal, normal life, you just do everything you want to do. And when you play in a high level, you don't have this time. You need to put everything in the same page. You need to uh, take your responsibility for every day. You need to, when you wake up, when you say, I have, I have one, I need to have one, one, a big breakfast and after a big recovery, after the, the training and everything, because everything important. When you stay in high level, everything important. And uh, I love to pass this process and play in high level and understand this. And now can understand what I can do and what, what is Rafaela and what is high level and put the both things together. And I think I'm great now. I'm feeling very good. And that's this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I want to say, um, you know, what a remarkable weekend for your country when you qualified for the Olympic Games in Paris. Um, can you shed some light on that and tell us what emotions you are feeling? Because oh, that must have been remarkable. Yeah, it's amazing because the, the qualifier to Olympic Games, Olympic Games is, is the is the best tournament in the world. I think everyone wants to play one Olympics in one time in your life. And and I, my first Olympics is the middle of the COVID and to have the big experience because I think everyone can talk and have a lot of pressure of the media and some things. And I like, but I think don't 
I think in the middle of the COVID, it's hard because the world have another page in, in the, I don't know, I, I don't feel so good because I understand what happened in the world and, and say, ah, it's Olympics, yeah, but uh, the world passed for other thing now. But I think now I'm very happy to play this Olympics. And when 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 my team win the the, the last game with Colombia, um, man, I cry a lot too. Everyone, let's go to go and play with the Olympic Games. Is I think the first time with the new girls have a, a different girls now in 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 the Brazilian team because the um, the team changed because have a lot of girls past year and you have Odin <laughs> and and when you finish your career I think in the other in the other Olympics four or three girls very important for the Brazilian finish the your career and now have a other new girls to come in and I'm very excited to see what happened this Olympics. <laughs> yeah, so so are we. I mean, we can't wait to. You'll join New Zealand, Australia, USA, Ireland, and France in that 12-team tournament. And the rest of the qualifiers are still coming up. So they're set to go up like a frog in the sock. I know Robins Canada are itching to get going uh, uh, next month. It's going to be amazing to see who ends up there. Yes, yes. I love what you said about just getting that break out of that full-time environment where it's, you know, it's it's tough to... It's tough to, we say, sometimes you, you, you live there and visit there. Uh, as far as like a high-performance athlete is concerned, you have to live there every single day. So still getting to play at a high level, a year out from the Olympics, uh, while getting to have different experience, different coaching, different competition, different teammates, different food, different everything is so great. Dallin and I, after our World 7 Series career, him for the U.S. got to travel around with with uh, Tiger Rugby and Atlantis, and I got to play for the Dog River Howlers. So it was still higher level and uh, and and fun without the pressure. Playing without the pressure is a good reset for a number of you world-class athletes to then go back into your, your environment, fresher, hungrier, maybe with some different ideas. And, uh, and then you get to go play against your teammates from the PR7. Super wonderful. For me, uh, I know how passionate you are. Uh, you... You are you embody the I think the World Seven Series and all the passion, all the excitement on and off the field, and so just an opportunity for you to give your family and friends and fans from around the world, all those Brazilian fans around the world, a shout out in Portuguese as loud and uh, and passionate as you want. Uh, can I speak in Portuguese? <laughs> yes, please, please. Um. Bom, eu estou muito, muito feliz de poder estar tá participando de tudo isso. É, eu sei que meu inglês não é muito bom, mas é, eu fico muito feliz de poder falar algumas palavras e poder explicar o quanto as pessoas do Brasil têm grandes oportunidades e, e conseguem e sim pode poder conquistar um mundo fora. Então, eu estou muito, muito feliz de poder estar tá dando esse primeiro passo e poder conseguir sim... É, participar do PR7 e me destacar lá mostrando que o nosso nível do Brasil a gente tem totais condições a gente tem um bom preparado, uma boa preparação para poder estar tá em alto nível e eu espero conseguir realmente mostrar isso para todo mundo e espero que tenha outras brasileiras logo menos e a gente ainda tem muita coisa para ver brasileiras na final em, em DC temos aí Bianca, Luísa que vai jogar ainda Mareninha que já passaram então cara vai ser incrível poder ter essa experiência é, de poder ver elas e depois ver outras brasileiras aqui nesse lugarzinho incrível. Muito, muito feliz e muito grata por essa oportunidade. 
Rafael, I'll try. I'll translate because uh, my half of my wife's family is Portuguese, the other half's Italian. I think you were saying thank you to your family and friends. And uh, whenever you get the ball, you're more dangerous than climate change. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Uh, but listen, we want to thank you so much for coming on the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. We've really been inspired by watching you play on the field. We can't wait to see you at the Olympic Games for Brazil and also in future PR7 events down the road, as you said. Uh, again, what a heck of a season you've had and congrats on two excellent tournaments. I appreciate for this moment. I just need to say thank you for everyone to watch this and for you both for creating this very big moment I, I love. I know my English is not the best, but, I, but I'm very... It's good to try to talk something or try try to pass my what my feeling or my my values for everyone, and uh, I'm very very happy, and I'm very happy to see you guys, Lunis and the other teams in the final. I'm very excited. I know I have one Brazilian in your team, and I'm very excited to see Bia in the final and in all the games. And uh, thank you, thank you uh, so much for for everything. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Your English is better than Robin's, so, you know, you're definitely <laughs> in the top two. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Thanks again, you star. We'll see you soon. Thanks. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. Visit pr7s.com to buy tickets to the five tournaments in 2023. Austin, Texas, June 17th. Minneapolis, Minnesota, June 24th. San Jose, California, July 15th. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, July 23. And the PR7s Championship on August 6. Connect with us on social media PR7s and watch any of the previous tournaments on the Premier Rugby 7s YouTube channel. See you next time, you sleek sensations. <laughs>